Hi, I'm the Ish Girl, and you're listening to episode 34 of Connection Not Perfection. Welcome to Connection Not Perfection, the podcast that helps parents and teens connect using literature, laughter, and love. Hey there, I'm Amy Kelly, also known as the Ish Girl, and I am so glad that you're with me today. I have an amazing interview to share with you, and it is all about the recent book-to-movie adaptation of The Hate You Give, which is a young adult book by Angie Thomas. Now, this episode is a little bit longer than normal, so I'm going to make introductions and get us going. Now, I have two guests with me today, and the first is Raven Robinson. She's also known as Raven Love, and she is a new friend of mine. Now, she facilitated a book club meeting a few weeks ago about The Hate You Give. She is a powerhouse of a lady with a passion for connecting with other women and inspiring them with her amazing story, and I am so excited for her to share that story with you guys. Now, Raven and I were introduced by Kelly Abernathy, who is a very dear friend of mine who has been an integral part in the creation of Connection Not Perfection. We're both part of a critique group that uh, meets weekly, and she is a lady who is passionate about learning from and being in relationship with extraordinary women and being inspired by people whose life experience may have been very different than her own. Now, I'm going to stop talking about these two amazing women and jump in and let you hear from them yourself. Thank you so much to Raven Robinson for being with me today to talk about The Hate You Give. And then also I have Kelly Abernathy here with us, who is our common friend. She's kind of how we met. So why don't we talk about that a little bit first? So how you and I got connected. I'm going to let you jump in here and talk about it because it does have to do with The Hate You Give. Yes, ma'am. So we got connected by, I was hosting a book club at Kelly's house and on the book, The Hate You Give, and you were there. Mm-hmm. And I you was. came to, you came with it. Yes, I did. <laughs> well, because I love the book. I mean, the whole young adult book thing, and that's my jam, right? So, <laughs> and, and not just, it wasn't just any young adult book, right? Like this is, this one is so impactful. So um, what I want to know is, and Kelly, why don't you talk about this a little bit? Like, I know... I think we talked about, so Kelly and I are in a critique group together, and I think the book came up during our critique group time, Mm -hmm. and then what did you do? Because I know you and Raven are good friends, and... Well, what happened that was so special for me was Raven and I have been really good friends now for a couple of years, but I gave her the book for Christmas, knowing that she's a very busy mom and full-time job and just amazing. But I didn't really know if she would have time to read it. And so, but I told her, I said, you know, this is a book that I think is really moving and it feels a lot like the experiences you have had in your life. So we didn't ever talk about it. And then in May, we met for lunch. and she walked into Fuzzy's Tacos. They hate you give under her arm. Okay. And you go ahead, and then I'm going to let her jump in and, 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 okay. and take over the story from there. So you walk in with the book. I walk into the book, and I told her, I, when I picked the book up, I couldn't sit it down. You couldn't put it down. I okay. Could not. And okay. it was just blown. It was just, it was a wonderful book. It was amazing. Because reading the book, I just felt every like I felt like I was Thor 
like through the and King. Yeah, I was I related to each character that was in the book. And that's when I came and told her, I'm like, thank you for giving me the book. I was really shocked. Because I don't like to read. I'm not going to. So it was different. Yeah. And ever since then, I've been reading books now. Oh, you! I didn't know that part. Yes. So Okay, so what, are you, what have you read since then? I'm Are, reading Dr. Dear Morton. Oh, yes, okay. and that's another. It's a good. Dear book. Martin. Okay, and that's Nick, Nick Stone, Stone, right? Yes. Okay, okay, yeah, that's great. I will put a link to that in my show notes too, so people know what that is. Okay. So mm-hmm. that's great. Okay, so you loved it. It it's really nice. resonated with you. And why do you think it was so impactful for you? What was it about it? I will say it was impactful because it's happening, and I have a son. I have two, <laughs> and having to talk to him about it, um, him coming home or when he get pulled over by the police, like just do exactly what the police are is telling you to do because one move can trigger him and you won't, you know, you won't come back home. So I think it's a, it impact me on like just the world period. Like, you know, like the police brutalities and everything that's going on just in the world. Right. Right. So you, it, it impacted you because you have a teenage, yes, well, not teenage, he's 12, 12, 12. he's yes, 12, ma'am. so almost a teenage then. And so it sounds like, so in the movie, you see, we saw kind of star when she was a little girl, her dad having that conversation, right? And so that sounds like the same conversations you're having yes, ma'am. with your son right now too. Please don't call me ma'am. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying. All right. So, um, <laughs> So you said you said you related um, a lot to Star and to Kenya. Yes, ma'am. And so yes. what? <laughs> I I know I do it yes. too. Okay. I do. It too. Um, so what was it about Star, and then what was it about Ken? What was it about the two of them that you related to the most? Um, with Star, it was her living in a mostly black community and attending a mostly white school, oh. and her dad being in jail when she was growing up. And being raised by a loved one. You know, her uncle in the book. And with Kenya, it was her attitude. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The way she went about everything, that was totally me. Even just like, yeah, with the fighting and everything. Like, in the parties. And I was that kid. Okay. That teenager. Okay. Good. Good. All right. So, you felt like you saw yourself in this book and that was was that kind of the first time that you had that experience of oh like this is me and so talk to me about that maybe I'm overstepping and and I'm putting words in your mouth but but tell me about what that felt like reading a book why the reason I felt like I was star or in it because you are surrounded by everything that's happening like the drug dealing the killing the gangs the you know the having the friends who's into it or losing friends growing up, I think that is where I really related to Star because I did have a best friend who got killed and I did have a great friend, like, you know, ex-boyfriend who got killed as well, you know, in the in the, in the neighborhood. And I had a dad who was in jail. I had, a, I had brothers who's doing exactly what, they're doing in a book with selling, thinking that selling drugs is the only way to, you know, achieve and take care of your family because they don't want, you know, that's what they see. You, that's what they're, you know, when you growing up, you see, you do what you're taught. So if you grow up and they say, my mom used to always tell me like, you are your, 
your kid's first teacher. So I think just being in the community and especially black people and raised in a household with, you know, granny being on drugs, then my mom having to raise my uncles and aunties. Now it's like five of us in the house, you know, in a two bedroom. So I think it's like Kalia, if yeah. So you get, yeah, you, I got, you yeah. got the whole thing. Yes. Like you see how things end up that way because that seems like the only way out, out. the only way to provide. Yes. Thank you for sharing all that. And mm -hmm. I'm so sorry for all of your losses because that just stinks. Like I, I just don't have no words. So thank you for sharing that. Yes. Okay. All right. So it sounds in this next question that I have for you is how's your story the same or different from stars? So I think you just shared a lot of how it was the same. Mm -hmm. How do you think it was? How is your story different than stars? <laughs> I was myself. Through, through going to the school and coming back to the neighborhood. I was just raving, like, you know, the loud, crazy girl. And I would say being star was different because I probably would have had two boyfriends, you know, <laughs> one in the one at school and one when I got back home. To, so that was, I would say that we So you would have had Chris and Khalil. Yeah, right? yes. right. yeah. I love that. And I think that's such an interesting point because... Um, Kelly and I were talking about this that I think maybe you guys had talked about the movie mm -hmm. before we had seen it and that you didn't think that the movie did a great job of showing the two different people that Star was. Yes. It, like she seemed kind of the same mm -hmm. in, at home and at school. And in the book, I think it, it was a much bigger, I felt like that too. Yes. It was a much bigger difference. He was getting a huge, yeah. 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 But I, I love Clearly, you have such resilience and such a strong presence and personality for you to just kind of maintain yourself wherever you go. I love that. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Because that's hard, especially when you're a kid, you yeah. know, and you feel judged by your peers, judged, you know, and judged by your family, etc. Yeah. So I love that. From the book, was there like one big idea that you walked away from? from it with the book and or the movie like what was the the thing that you walked away from that just made you be like yes like that i would say her uh <laughs> when you say big idea you just like walk away from the movie like, right like this is the one thing that i'm taking away that i that i would want to share with everybody else or that really struck me from the whole thing like for me i would say for me the big thing from it was this is so much more complex and there's so much more depth to these kinds of stories than you can ever get from like the 30 second blip on the news that you see. And, and I feel like before this book, I hadn't given it a whole lot of thought other than like, oh, you know, and thinking the way that the news and the media portray it. So what I walked away from was this is so much bigger than that and I need to pay attention and I need to dig deeper. So that's what I walked away from. That's kind of... Yeah. Me walking away from with it was, I'd say, awareness. Mm -hmm. It's the biggest thing. Um, I would say that watching a movie and hearing someone say if I was driving a Mercedes or a Benz in a white, in a suit and I was white, would you give me the option to surrender? Like, would you give me the option to put my hands up and to say yes? I think 
just being in a police academy, you know, like, is it something that's taught? You know, because if you can give one person the opportunity to put their hands up, but then not give this person, because they're black, the opportunity to put their hands up, I feel is very... No, I want to I walk away with the big idea is as much as the police officers are terrified by a black person, the black person is just as terrified as they are when getting pulled over yeah. by the police. And I think that is the biggest thing. We fear just as well. Right. You know, because we're when you pull us over, it's happening so often, you think off bat that something's bad's gonna happen. So we're already in a terrified position. Right. Right. I get that. Mm-hmm. That's good. I'm processing that, like, as, as you're saying that, yeah. Well, and I think it's something that we talked about afterwards with that is, and I, I'm kind of figuring out how to how to walk through this. So in the movie, and I think in the book as well, mm-hmm. Angie Thomas did a good job with this, where Khalil was not following the directions, right? Okay. Right? And so, but... At what point, I mean, you shouldn't have to be perfect and not make any mistakes to not be shot, right? And so at one point in the movie, um, Star is asking her uncle, who's a police officer, like like what you just said, if he was a white man in a suit, would he have pulled the trigger as fast if that white person was just doing exactly the same, same thing? thing? And I think that's where the issue is. Mm-hmm. It's not even so much that Khalil should have been following the directions, which he should have. It's the reaction, which I think you were speaking to, mm-hmm. as far as they're, they're quicker on the to pull their weapon and to pull the trigger if it's someone who's black mm-hmm. versus someone who's white. That's mm-hmm. what... Okay. So I think... I don't know if you want to speak to that at all. Because I know we talked about that a little bit. And <laughs> Well, my only thought when you guys were talking is the other thing, it was a little more subtle, but he was not doing anything wrong. And that's the thing that I've learned now in the last five years since I've had my eyes opened on some of these mm-hmm. issues because it's so easy as a white person to not have to think about it because mm-hmm. it's not been part of my daily bubble that I have lived in. And, but a lot of black people are pulled over. They're pulled over so much more frequently and they're pulled over for, you know, a cracked taillight or a taillight that supposedly not, was not working there. And, and that whole issue of he, they didn't know what he did. Right. I think that really is something that should give everyone pause. Right. It's not only mm-hmm. when you do get pulled over you're more likely to be in a violent incident because of the color of your skin if it's black, but also you're more likely to be pulled over. Right. Yeah. And it's true, like you saying that right now, like I'm thinking, oh, right. Like they never did figure out why he was, why they were pulled over. And I think at our book club, I think that was something that was, you know, revelatory for me too, is, is the frequency of being pulled over if you're a person of color. And then the cycle that that can cause, because if you are um, someone with a lower income and you can't pay the tickets and it just, it's a vicious cycle. Like you find, you know. Or you can't maintain your car. You can't maintain, right, right. You know, I know we've all had taillights out before and it takes a while sometimes before we know that. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of things are related. Right. All intertwined. Very interesting. Okay. 
All right, so I know we've talked about the movie a little bit, and even before we started recording, I'm like, don't say any more. I want you to have it. Yeah, I want you to put it all out there when we are are recording. But talk to me about the movie. Like, what were the differences between the movie and the book that you saw? And and I think we talked about this too. Like, what did they really nail in the movie? They got it very right. And what were some things that they did not get right, or did they missed on? <laughs> Okay, in the movie, going to see the movie was, it was a good movie. I do think they missed Devante. Yes, I thought that too. <laughs> I thought that too. Because yes. going into the movie, after reading the book, you have your hopes up because the book was so good. You know, you have the discussion about it, the book club about it, and you you just waving about the movie and you go see the movie and to see it, to see like the main character that's in the book not be in the movie Kind of, it's like uh, very disappointing. Yes, there we go. Yes, very disappointing. <laughs> well, and that, I think that's the thing for me. And I've said this before, and I will say it again and again and again. The book is always, 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 yeah. always, always, always better. Somebody, somebody like, should have warned me. <laughs> so, but um, I think that was the huge difference between the book and the movie is Devante missed him, and the reason I say that is because I think Devante would have given represented what most black people are going through okay and why they are choosing to do what they're doing i think he would have gave it a more a better insight of what's really going on okay remind us who the Devonte character is for somebody who's listening who maybe hasn't read the book or seen the movie uh, yeah De- Devonte was a young boy teenager probably i want to say yeah teenager mm-hmm. who was in a gang he had lost his brother and he lost his brother, and he was trying to get out of the game. So he went to Big Morph's shop. And Big Morph took him in to, you know, to save him, I would say, and placed him with Uncle Carlos in the so he can be safe. And King, who's the head the head top person in the hood, in the neighborhood, um, wants Devontae's, he wants him dead. Right, because he's left the game. Because he's left, he's trying to he's trying to leave. He's tied in. That's why he was on. He was hiding. Right, and Star's dad helped out and took them took him to Uncle Carlos oh. to live. And he starts going to school there and started doing better. He got him out better. of the environment. Right, right. He removed him. He was removed from all of the negativity. Right, right. that he was having to face in the neighborhood. Okay. I know you liked the book better because of Devante, obviously, <laughs> but were there any other reasons? Like, what was it about the book that you liked better than the movie? It's, it was a lot. It was um, the Devante, how they had Star act, the being the same right. throughout the movie. And in a book, you actually imagine a girl actually being, you know, like this, <laughs> this person, you know, different than seeing her go to a school to a white school and act a different type of way right so i think seeing a movie you're gonna you you'll be in shock that okay she's the same person right i think she would the whole movie i think she would have been a lot different especially at that party in the beginning where she ran into khalil like i just yeah i agree with you yeah i felt like she was a lot different i think too kelly was there something you oh go ahead go ahead oh this was another movie i don't know how this was gonna slip my mind but the another thing that's different is in the I think in the we're seeing the movie when the police officer did pull him over, Kali over, he shot from a distance because he did not see what Kalia had. 
Right. So if I was a police officer and somebody made a sudden move like that, I probably would have two because you had no idea what he had in his hand until he walked up closer on him thinking it was a weapon. Right. I think they should have made that more clear that he shot for no reason and it was no weapon before doing it from a distance into if you were a police officer and a person make a sudden move with, you know, digging their head in the, into the car, you don't know what they're getting. Right. So it, it remind me, in the book, was the police officer closer to the car when they it happened? It. They never said. Okay. I couldn't remember that. Yeah. So I think, but in the movie, it should have been clear that it was no weapon. He just used it for no, you, you know, for no reason. Because I think most of the police brutality that's happened, they know they have no weapon and they're killing for no reason. I think... I had the impression that he thought he was pulling a weapon, and you may be saying this too, Mm -hmm. like I had the impression that he, the police officer thought that Khalil was pulling out a weapon, Mm -hmm. which was just a hairbrush, right? and that he shot him because he thought it was a weapon. Right. Right. But then it was just a hairbrush, but you never, so what you're saying is the police officer never realized that it was not a weapon. Did he ever see in the movie that it was a brush? He He walked up. Yeah. It was was after he, that's the thing, it was after he had shot him. Multiple okay. times he walked up on him. Like, where's the weapon? Where's the weapon? Oh, you know, right. he looked so so because he, he didn't see that it was a brush from a distance. You know, right? So when anything is in your hand, and you from a distance, you may think that he may have really thought that it was it was a gun or a weapon. Whatever. Right. What I hate, what I really hated as as that went on, as that scene played out, was that Star was handcuffed. And even once the police officer realized that there was no danger right. and Khalil was, was bleeding out, basically, and she was trying to talk to him and, and help yeah. him and staunch the bleeding, yeah. like she wanted to do all that. Mm-hmm. And the police officer wasn't doing anything to help Khalil as far as, like, you know, emergency procedures, you know, like right. if somebody gets shot in front of you, you know, you try to stop the bleeding. Right. He try treated to help her them. as if she done something wrong. Right. And she yeah. just had to watch all that play out helplessly. Yeah. Like that was just awful. So traumatic. Yeah. Very traumatic. Okay. All right. How do you think people will be changed after seeing the movie? Like if, if they haven't read the book, they're only going to go see the movie. What do you think that they're going to walk away from with that? And we may have already kind of talked <laughs> they about They're going to walk away with it. It's, it's, this is what's really happening. <laughs> Yeah. And hopefully it, it triggers that it's white privilege is what they will walk away with. And I think it, I hope that it will open a lot of people's eyes that even though they may not be aware of, you know, white privilege, but it is, it's it is, a thing. It's, it's a thing. It's truly a thing. It's funny that you say that because I actually was thinking about that today. I was at a store. I can't remember what's because I, I ran a bunch of errands today. But I was leaving a store and the, oh, I think it was like Staples and the buzzer went off, like the, the alarm went mm-hmm. off and they just waved me through and then they were like going on, they were like, just go on. And I'm like, oh, like if I looked different than what I look like, yeah. that would not, like I would be right back in that store. They'd be going through my bag. They'd be going yes. through my purse. That's white privilege. Like yeah. that is the privilege that I think I, I, before Becoming more aware, you know, not just from this book, but from other things that I've read mm-hmm. and things I've participated in, I would have completely taken that for granted. Like, oh, how nice. Like, that was just really nice of them to just let me go through. Yeah. But it's largely mm-hmm. privilege. So 
I know that after you read the book, you were very excited and I like I thought it was so awesome when we got here for the book club that you facilitated. You had like five or six pages worth of questions that you came up with. Like you're so passionate about it. I loved that. So what was it that you were wanting from that evening that because there were probably what, like 10 10 of us, 15 of us, no, 10, that's 11. Yeah, Yeah. there were 12. 12? Okay, so there were 12 of us, and we were a very mixed group. There were black women, there were brown women, there were white women, there were, you know, 20-somethings all the way up to probably Mm 60-somethings and older. Like, it was such a diverse group. I loved it. So what was your hope for that group that evening? My hope for that group that evening was to... For them to, whatever they had thought of black people was to kind of change, to give a different respect, perspective mm-hmm. of what's going on and not to really be terrified or, you know, stereotyping is what I would call it, towards them. Right. Um, as well as for the people who was there of color was just to be aware that it is, that all, that all whites are not bad. <laughs> Right. It would it would be the definitely it would be the thing. Um through it all and just to replace the hate with love. Yeah. It's the main thing that I feel that is missing. If you look at any person as a human versus thinking they're less than you, then I think it would it wouldn't be happening. Right. So from that night, was there anything that you walked away and you were like, Oh man, like that was so surprising. Like I didn't expect Fill in the blank. <laughs> you want to really trust that? <laughs> you, you, you put, you coming in and saying like, what can you do? Like, what is it that you can do, you know, to help or in, to even change what's going on? I think that was something that kind of blew my mind because not a lot of people even want to acknowledge that it's happening. They still like to, th- you know, brush it under the rug. So that was... Okay. Well, I certainly was not fishing for that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So what else would you like the audience to know? Like if if there's, if you, this is your opportunity, like as a mother, as a mother and as the mother of boys, I would say to go out and see the movie. If Mm -hmm. if you don't see the movie, definitely go read the book. I think it's a must see. Mm -hmm. Rather, whichever one you do read it, Go see it. It's a must-see. And I think a lot of mothers need to take... Fathers, too. Take your sons to go see it. Because it's something that needs to be seen. Right. I love that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yes. I love that. What about you, Kelly? What would you say? Same thing. (laughs) I would say um, I really hope people go see the movie or read the book or both. Yes. My biggest fear is that white people won't because... It isn't something they have to struggle with in the same way. And that I know we talked about it with some people. I I also think it might be really hard. um, And I don't want to take it. No, I have a couple of friends who who don't want to see the movie due to what's happening in the movie. But I think that's something that you have to kind of... I would rather for them to see it now. And then explain and have a conversation with their kids after to just let them know, for them to be aware of it because it's happening. And I mean, as your kids get older, like my son is 12, 16 or something, he's driving. This is something that needs to be talked about. Like, 
this is what's happening. But I know a lot of black, a lot of moms don't want to see that because it's hard to deal with. Like no one wants to. Well, it's triggering. It's, I think yeah. it's such trauma. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there's such trauma in it all the way around. Yes. Like it's, it's traumatic. In, in a lot of ways. And I think Kelly and I talked about this. Like, it was one thing to read about mm-hmm. those things mm-hmm. in the book. Right. But That's to a, see it, like, I there's was... such a, there's, to be visually immersed into the situations that were in the film, that was powerful. Like, it was very powerful and, and eye-opening. And I think, too, for me with this, like, I, I'm with you. Like, that's the big takeaway, too. See it. Like, go see it. Read it. It is too important to not. not. Because mm-hmm. it, it's such a conversation that I want to be having with my teens and connecting with them over that. I want to encourage everyone else to be having this conversation with their teen, whether they're black or white or brown or, or whatever they are. Like, this needs to be a conversation. And I think the way that the story is put together and laid out it really does try to address the different like important viewpoints mm-hmm. right like yes. it really does try to address things fairly yes i felt like but. she definitely added a lot of what's really happening in the real world into the movie Right, we talked to, that's one of the things yes. we were talking oh, yeah. about beforehand. Talk, talk about, about that a little that. bit yes. first and kind of correlate what was going on in the movie with, with the real-life examples that, like you did earlier. Okay. <laughs> uh, in the movie, she uses the Mike Brown, the hands up, don't shoot, definitely into that part. And I think that went kind of touched home because of the tear gas. Mm-hmm. And... I was in St. Louis when that was happening. I was actually in Ferguson when that was happening. Oh, my gosh. Um, when Mike Brown actually got shot up in Canfield Apartments in Jenny's. It's Jenny's in St. Louis, like North County. And the police did have all that, everything, like, you know, on tear gas. Just, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of places was burned down mm-hmm. into it. And actually, the most powerful point that was in the movie that stood out was the black boy picking back up the tear gas and throwing it back at the police. And it is, it, I know the guy who actually did that when his picture went public. Oh, wow. In the, um, you know, in the media. And he's, yeah, he's deceased. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm sorry. And the kid as well, Tamar Rice, holding a gun. I think she used that for the for Sakani, Sakani to mm-hmm. be able to, you know, show that Tamar Rice was taken just by holding a play gun. So I think she did an amazing job with it, doing yeah. that. I would just like to say, too, that that in the movie I thought was powerful for a number mm-hmm. of reasons. Also because it, it, for those of us that weren't, you know, only heard in the beginning of the movie about what the hate you give and the thug life thing and what that means, the hate you give little infants, Mm -hmm. to then wrap the movie up with here's this little innocent Mm -hmm. child picking up a gun Mm -hmm. because he's so surrounded by violence Mm -hmm. and seeing people do that. Yep. You know. Yeah. Well, and he thought that he it was his only choice to, to save his family. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. And why would he think about that? That? Yeah. That's, yeah, that was a meaningful, yeah. Already yeah. at that young age. At the age. That that's what I have to do, which I also would say the movie 
really made me think, I mean, the book too, but both, it was mind-blowing to me to think about the situation of why people start selling drugs. Uh, And not in all cases, I really, but in an awful lot of cases, that is the only option they or they that's what they feel it's not the only but they feel that that's what they have to do and then once you get caught in this cycle same thing with the gangs you can't get out of it with your life right no it's only two ways either dead or in jail yeah and that's which to have to sit with that i think all of us to even know that that just for them to even know that that's the only two ways out but to still do it should spark a lot of people well, and, and I'm just going to say this, I'm, and I, I feel like, like I feel very vulnerable saying this and putting mm-hmm. it out there because I think I had this perception of, well, if, if people just worked hard and if they took advantage of all the, you know, mm-hmm. all of the things that are out there, then they could pull themselves out of it, which is just aw- like, I hear that coming out of my mouth and it's just awful because what does that actually look like? Like when you, you know, it's easy to say that standing from a distance, but when you get up close to that and you say, well, well, what that means is my family may not have enough food to eat yeah. and while I'm trying to pull myself out of it. Or what that means is, you know, my grandmother can't be treated for cancer yeah. and what, yeah. I mean, all the things and, and, and you know what? And those are the big things. That's mm-hmm. not even the little, like, well, what that means is then I'm going to be a target at my school because I don't have the shoes that everybody else has, Mm -hmm. or I don't, you know, I can't do the things that they're doing as a teenager. Like we're, you know, that is so arrogant and privileged to, for me (laughs) to have thought that way. So we've, you didn't know, but yeah, yeah, no, like it's ignorance. And I'm glad that books like the hate you give and conversations like you led are leading to knowledge and knowledge leads to power and so forth and so on. But I think that it's so easy to just kind of have that attitude because you just don't know. Yeah, you don't. I think they, they all do. We all do want the same access to most of, you know, what you have. I think it is very hard to get it. Because it's not just given to us. And it's a lot of stuff that we don't know about that's even available to us because they... It's, Absolutely. It's, like, I how think, would you yeah. know? How yeah. would you even know? As, yes. And I think the another thing I was going to touch on was the riots and everything that was advertised on the TV. I think in the Black Lives, you know, Black Lives Matter movement, she's... Angie Thomas, who mm-hmm. wrote the book, I think has definitely open it up in a different way mm-hmm. that I probably would have went about speaking of it versus going about it a way where m- most white people already look at us as animals or, you know, just doing this. It's expected. This was not expected for something like this to happen and to write a book and have a movie out to actually get people to go see it. Like now you're forced with it. It's a voice. It's right. a voice done in a right in the right way. Right. Mm-hmm. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. So what I'm here, just to make sure mm-hmm. I'm, I'm understanding you right. Okay. So what you're saying is that the perception is that white people look at the black community and, and just expect like, yeah, there's going to be writing and yes, you know, they're going to tear yeah. things down and that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and so for someone to rise up like Angie Thomas yes. and, and lay it out this way in a way that that I would say actually is 
digestible, I guess is the right way. (laughs) I, I think, so what you're saying is like, that's the right way to do it so that we have no choice. Like there's no choice, but for people to be able to absorb it this way. I agree. I I love that you said it that way. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, I know we talked at the end of the book club that one night about the other book that I feel like is very strongly making a statement that way called, um, children of blood and bone, which Mm -hmm. I actually talked about on a previous podcast where it's, it's very similar in that the author writes some very moving things at the end of the book about how the book ties into oppression and, um, prejudice and all those things that we're talking about here with this podcast. Um, but she did it through a story that was fantasy. That's more, um, it's in a world that doesn't exist. She's created and, and it's just a beautiful, beautifully strong story. So I love that the community, you know, the writing community, even the, the publishing community with diverse books and everything is making room for stories like that, that have the power to change in a lot of ways in a lot of lives, but also so that everyone can see themselves in a book. I love that. Yes. And if I may just say something about the power of story in general, that even before, when Raven and I got to be friends, before either one of us had read this book, she had changed me because she loved me enough and trusted me enough to share her personal story with me. And the power to change the world is when we get to know each other well enough, where when we know each other as individuals and we share personal stories, then everything becomes very clear and we start seeing things very differently and we start understanding the big picture a lot differently, right? Right. So I love that. That was beautiful, Kelly. Thank you. Yes. So it's about leaning in <laughs> and and really getting to know people and trying to make that happen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. I would say help happen some of what Mama Kelly said. It's also it comes with trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if you if you're gonna truly do it, you have to trust. You can't even give it a hundred percent, and you'll once they see, and I'm saying they once we see, because you know, a lot of us is taught to not be open. You know, into this is the enemy. This is the op. And I'm gonna use that word so people may know what it is, but uh, but once you are who you are, your authentic self with to them, I think it'll change, and I think in you would see, you would see a lot. You yeah. would see a lot. I love you that. Know. Raven, that's so profound. Thank yes. you. I love that. So being your authentic self yes. and trusting people, which trusting. I think that doesn't happen overnight. Like, in fact, I think I was the other day <laughs> talking about how trust is behavior over time. Yep. So as, but you have mm-hmm. to really invest. Mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. the thing. You have to invest the time and getting to know people yep. and, in building that trust so that you can get to the place where you feel like people earned the right to your story, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then going forward from there. Okay, is there anything else that you guys want to share? I love it's just being here together. I know. And... I'm just blown away. Oh, that you want to ask people about Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, so let's talk about that. Because they're going to be like, yeah. Tupac, go ahead and listen to a Tupac song. Actually, I look, my favorite song of his is Keep Your Head Up. 
Keep your head up. Yes. Okay. So I will yes. add a link to keep your head up. We probably should have started the conversation with, with this with Tupac, but the hate you give it stands for um, Thug Life. The T H U G is the the. Oh, same. the hate you give little infants come back in bite you and yeah. So, which he actually used F's you in F's everyone. F's everybody. Yes. So the hate you give. Little bitty thug, thug life, or you want to talk about thug? The thug is the hate you give, and I think that's where the book right. comes from. Then the life is little infants, everybody. Okay, you may want to bleep that, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> that's there okay, but that'll even be better because, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. what it stands for like, you know, the hate you give little infants, everybody, yeah, and he's just. Yeah, basically what he's saying is what they see us is what y'all are giving us. It comes back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know? I, it totally makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I think that was full the, circle. The main thing. Yeah. And I'm going to say this while I'm on her is the killings, the, the killings that is happening in the, in the neighborhoods and in the hoods, I really don't feel like people have to look at that too as if they don't want to kill each other you know but it's like a you get me or i get you type of thing and that's what keeps the cycle going survival yeah it's a survival thing thank you miss kelly and (laughs) thank you miss raven i really really appreciate you guys sitting and talking so frankly about this um because i know it it can be a really tricky subject to talk about so thank you for being so open and so loving about it i appreciate that and i do i do want to ask you one more question before we um, stop recording and that is this and I asked this question of you when we were in the book club but you've shared a lot about how the group that you were in as a young woman mm-hmm. well you're still a young woman but as, a, <laughs> as a teen I guess as a, mm-hmm. as a teen um, that you are one of the sole survivors of that group that you were with and and I asked you what is it that helped you to walk away from that life what it was that you felt like what the way you were able to remove yourself from that situation and create a better life for you and your boys the group the neighborhood i grew up in my friends that i had i lost them all i mean and i they i lost them all i want to say shortly one after another after another women well females who was my age you know it's it's happening um i think me was after it was my son, I want to say my oldest son, who I call my life changer, because <laughs> he 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 I think he's a life changer and a lifesaver because he kind of saved me, and he was the reason I had to get out. I would say in the mo- most thing was really God, just being able to give me the opportunity to come to Texas and to have me have access to you know finding a job or you know fi- you know just getting an apartment and getting my car, I think if he wouldn't open those doors for me, I probably would have still been back. I would have went back. But, like, since I've been here, it's just been nonstop. So I think this is the spot for me. (laughs) Uh, I think he got me out of it to actually show me what I'm looking back at. And he gave, he got me out of it to get out, to be a, you know, to represent what's really going on, to say, like, hey, you had you could change and it's it's not gonna be easy, you know. Um, it is higher limits. It's higher than what you are doing, and to 
just be able to speak and say, hey, like these, they're not, you know, like these, we're family, you know, like this is love, you know. Uh, I think that's really where it's all come about because probably, a lot of people probably look at me like Raven and lost her mind. <laughs> you know, but uh, but I think that's really what it is. But it's really love, you know. I think once you're open to it, then everything changes. Oh, I love that. It's love. Once you're open to it, everything changes. Mm-hmm. I love that. Thank you, Raven. I appreciate you sharing. <laughs> really do. And thank you, Kelly. Thank you again so much to Raven and Kelly. I'm just so thrilled that they could be with us today. So. It is so important to me that we get together and have these conversations to share our lives and our perspectives. And that's a big part of why I wanted to share our conversation with you, because I hope that you are inspired to have conversations like this within your community and especially with your teens. And I think it's clear that there was one thing that we definitely all three agreed on, and that is that the hate you give is something that you must experience, whether you read the book or go and see the movie. Now, it, I think it is definitely something that can help you in connecting with your teens as you discuss big issues like racial tension, social profiling, violence, stereotypes, and bias. And I would love to hear your take on the hate you give. How has it impacted you and how are you talking to your teens about it? What came out of any discussions that you have with them? Please, please, please let me know on Facebook or on Instagram. And I have links to both of those in my show notes. So thank you so much for hanging out with me for this longer than normal episode. Please make sure you check out the show notes for this one because there is lots of good stuff there. And be sure to sign up for my weekly email where I share stories and information that I don't put anywhere else. And remember, from an ish girl who cannot wait to hear what you thought of the hate you give, it is all about connection, not perfection.